Hello, Valley family. Welcome to week number three in our series that we're calling uh, Fresh Air. And uh, before we jump into the message, just again, shout out. Thank you for joining us online, on our online campus, wherever you are. Uh, right now. Next week is going to be the finale of this series. You don't want to miss it. Our very own, we got a special uh, guest speaker. I guess you could say guest, maybe not. Uh, our very own Pastor Karen Johnson is going to be bringing the message for the finale of this series. And uh, if you've never heard her before, uh, you're, you're in for a big treat. Susie and I are going to be away this week, actually, at a pastor's retreat. We'll be back uh, for Sunday, but I asked Karen, and she graciously accepted. Uh, so she's going to be closing out the series, and I'll be sitting right in the front row, just taking it all in. It's going to be great. Also, um, before we get in the message, I just want to thank you all, Valley family. This, this weekend really is the 32nd anniversary, 32 years uh, since I was ordained here at Valley Christian Church and had pastored here in, uh, you know, four of the best years of my life. <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Uh, really, it is, that's just a joke, totally. Uh, really, this, is, this has been really the, uh, the, the greatest thing in my life is, is leading the Valley family and pastoring here. Greatest joy, uh, really, of my and Susie's uh, married life. We've been married uh, just about as long as I've pastored here. It was just a few months after I was ordained uh, that we were actually married the following August. But thank you so much uh, and, and want to thank you, Valley family, for also a generous gift of a green egg smoker grill uh, that, that uh, you gave to me for this anniversary. And I'm going to be sharpening my skills on the green egg smoker and uh, the whole family's looking forward to that. So thank you so much for that anniversary gift. If you were here week number one, Pastor Randy did a great job. We, we talked about fresh air principle uh, that, that really was so important, the start of it all, and that is fall in love with Jesus. You know, it's real easy to get kind of stagnant uh, sometimes in just as we have go their seasons, uh, literally naturally in climate. Uh, there can be seasons in our spiritual walk as well, and we can go into a kind of a winter, stale, stuffy, kind of going through the motions time, and that's what this series is all about, just breathing in the fresh air of the Holy Spirit and, and, and allowing, inviting God into every area of our life, just having that kind of like that spring in the air, fresh air of spring, fresh air in our spiritual life as well. And, and so week number one, the principle was fall in love with Jesus. There's nothing that will change your life, my life, more than just being passionately in love with Jesus Christ, that he's number one, he's the center of our life. And then last week we talked about how do we maintain that, uh, real practically speaking, and that is to choose a Christ-like attitude. And, and fresh air principle number three uh, is, is going to be, I, I think it's going to probably apply to about 90% of us. I, I think this is, a, this is epidemic in our culture, in our society today. Uh, I want to talk about like the pace of life. You know, obviously 32 years, you could almost call that a career, but I'm not. Susie and I have a lot of years left ahead of us uh, here at Valley Christian Church leading this, this dynamic church family but one of the things that's always been in my mind is to have a sustainable pace. That's how I got to 32 years. Many pastors don't ever come close to that. Um, and, and we've got a lot more left up ahead of us. Years and years of faithful service uh, to the Lord and to Valley Christian Church family. But, but the pace, we're so busy. And, and 
we cannot sustain the, the freshness of a walk with Jesus Christ in such a hurried, worn-out pace that so many of us actually fall into. It's real easy to slide into it. And I'm talking about just being too busy, just plain out being too busy. Let me give you a couple examples. Uh, you know you're too busy when you don't even have enough time to finish that book that you've been reading about stress. <laughs> then you know you're, you're too busy. You, you know you're too busy when you call the kids to dinner and they go get in the car. That's too busy right there. You, you know you're too busy when you have more clothes in your car than in your closet. That's just way too busy. And, and, and so many of us, it's like more, 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 and, and it's not sustainable. And then we wonder why we burn out. We wonder why emotionally we're just kind of numb. We, we wonder what happened, but it's self-inflicted most of the time because of the pace that we keep. And, and so let me share with you just a few kind of, how, how would I put it, warning signs or, or symptoms uh, of a pace that's unsustainable and, and that it's really wearing us down. And it's amazing how much God has to say in his word about the pace of life that he created humanity for each and every human being. But one of the things that happens, one of the first things that happens is when we're at a pace that is unsustainable, uh, we risk, the risk of sinful choices increases. Our ability, can I put it this way, to resist temptation drops significantly because of the pace that we've been running. Isn't it interesting that, that when Satan came to tempt Jesus, that, that he, didn't, uh, he didn't tempt him day one when he was in the wilderness. It was after 40 days of prayer and fasting. 40 days of that pace, if you will, that he was on, that he was even more vulnerable on the 40th day than he was on the first day in the wilderness. And look at what Jesus actually said in terms of pace and all the importance of it. Luke chapter 21, verse 34, he said, Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down by carousing, drunkenness and anxieties of life and that day uh, I'm sorry and that day will close on you suddenly like a trap get worn down from all these activities all of these things and all of a sudden boom like a trap that's what temptation is uh, it's a trap and we fall into the trap more easily so when we're, our pace is unmanageable, unsustainable, the risk of sinful choices increases. Second thing is my emotions are inconsistent. Maybe you just get numb or, or maybe you just like get over emotional at something that that situation doesn't really warrant that much emotion, anger or, or sorrow. My emotions get inconsistent. In Job chapter 9, verse 25, it says, My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without me seeing any joy. My days they just fly by, and yet there's no joy. Emotionally, I'm just kind of like, mm, just numb. I was talking to a friend recently, and he was just sharing that, like, this is exactly what he's experiencing right now. And I just had a chance to talk to him about the pace the pace of his life. But because we weren't made for just, you know, blow in, <laughs> blow up, and blow out. It's a marathon. Life is a marathon. And uh, haven't, haven't always made the best decisions, you know, in 32 years of ministry, but this, this is one area that, that Susie and I have been very deliberate about, about the pace. When our kids were young, 
you know, and you so many opportunities and all of what you say yes to, what you say no to, the pace. And, and, and that's a telltale sign when you see those emotions just kind of numbing out or, or that there's too much emotion given a situation. Here's the second one. I'm less productive. Less is really more. Not, not working harder, more hours. You become less productive. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5, the message translation says, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. Hurry and scurry puts you further behind. I love that from the message translation. So many of us, I think, hurry and scurry would be the way to describe our lives. Hurry and scurry, and we fall farther and farther behind. Instead of, of really planning that in the long run you get ahead because of the plans that you're making. So we actually become less productive. Proverbs 19, verse 2, and God's Word translation, that's not Greg Williamson, although I think it'd be pretty cool if I had my own translation, but again, that would not be a sustainable pace if I translated the whole Bible myself. Uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 2, a person in a hurry makes mistakes. Just, just makes, it, we become more careless the, 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 the greater hurry that we're in. Uh, think about it this way, just even in terms of like, road rage and things like that people people don't have road rage when they left on time most of the time is because we don't have enough margin that's why we feel like we got to drive really really super fast what happened if you just instead of leaving at the last moment possible what if you just built in a little bit of margin then you can let another car get in front of you do you just have a little margin in your life leave 15 minutes earlier than you normally would then you don't have to you know, drive like a crazy fool on the streets. So important, just I end up less productive. Here's what I end up empty inside. I end up empty inside. Psalm 39, verse 6, we are merely moving shadows and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We're just moving shadows and all our busy rushing. You, you know, activity does not mean productivity just being busy and, and like that's become like the cool thing you know like how was your week oh man it was busy and for some reason we think that's something that should be applauded when really the bible says that's a foolish person that's so busy don't have time for that don't have time for it so we end up just feeling empty and numb you, you know what it's not activity that gives us a feeling of purpose it's not just being busy that gives us a feeling of purpose it, it, what really, activity without purpose, that equals burnout. That's why it's so important. That's why we have a growth track here at Valley Christian Church, because we want you to know what your purpose is. And when you know what your purpose is, when you discover the unique way that God created you and personality and spiritual gifts that he's given to you, then you can focus on what really your purpose is and fulfilling that instead of all these external, trying to do it all. None of us can do that. It's not sustainable, and that's why we get numb. We feel empty inside. And then I think the final symptom of being overly busy, you can't hear God. You can't hear God. Psalm 46.10, we've talked about this uh, before. It says, be still and know that I'm God. So many times people ask me as a pastor, you know, how do you hear God's voice? How, do you, how can you tell when God's speaking to you? The first thing is that you got to slow down. you got to be still. 
You've got to take time to quiet your soul. You've got to take time to focus on Lord each and every day. God is always speaking, but so are so many other voices. And if we don't slow down and be still, we'll never hear God's voice. We talked about it in weeks past that he whispers. He's in a still, small voice. He whispers. And so we have to quiet things down. Listen, let me, let me just help you. I mean, this message is very, very pastoral, really. Just, just hoping to help, again, breathe fresh air into your spiritual life and vitality during this time of spring. You know, maybe you're stressed. Maybe you're overly stressed right now and you don't know what to do about it and, and you really need to turn that stress around. You know the pace is not sustainable. I want to give you some real practical, here's a real practical way you can turn. If you're stressed, this is a real practical way that you can turn it around. Let's go ahead and show them. Desserts. Desserts. That's how you turn stress around. In fact, that's stress spelled backwards is desserts. You need to eat more dessert and you'll be less stressed. No, I'm just kidding, but isn't that great? I just had to put that in the notes because it's just so perfect. If you're stressed, more desserts is what you need. How do you catch your breath? Here it is. How do we breathe in that fresh air and catch our breath if we've been going at a pace that's just not sustainable, maybe burnt out, feeling numb, not hearing God's voice, you know, all, all those things that we just looked at, risk of sinful choices increase, emotions inconsistent, less productive. How do we do that? Well, Jesus is concerned about the pace of your life and my life. He understood that. One of the things that's amazing is you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you never see Jesus in a hurry. He's never like running off. Oh my goodness, I got to get here fast. You know, it doesn't happen like that. But look at what he says in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. He says, then because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat. He said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. I love that, that, that he, was ministry, he was doing all these things, but then he realized, you know what? My disciples here, we haven't even had a chance to eat. And he's like, time out. There's so much need. So, so many people wanting a piece of him. And he's like, time out, let's go get something to eat, and let's go get some rest. And I don't know if, if Jesus needed time to just pull away, change the schedule, get some rest, get something good to eat. I think you and I do too. I know that I do, and I think you probably do as well. You know, Kind of interesting time in, not only celebrating 32 years of, uh, of pastoring here at Valley Christian Church this weekend, but, but Susie and I have been invited down to a pastor's retreat uh, this week in Tennessee, and, uh, and really the expenses are paid for us by the network that, that we're part of, Liberty Network International, and the whole agenda there is just rest and recuperation. At this mountain retreat, about 17 other couples, other pastors and, and spouse there. And, and the only, there's a meeting at night at dinner, and we're just going to kind of talk. But besides that, we have the rest of the time free. And so I was just thinking, like, 32 years, what a great opportunity just to have three days, four days to just get away like that. And, uh, and, and I'm excited about just getting some rest. 
I think I probably need rest more than I, I recognize. And, and so how do we do this? Jesus says, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. How, how can we do that on a practical basis? Well, three ways I think that I want to share with you. First of all, stop the constant push for more. You know, our kids are in four sports right now. Oh, yeah, we can add a fifth. No, no, you can't. It's not sustainable. Stop the constant push for more. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6 says, It's better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time. It's better to be to, 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 to have little with peace of mind than be busy all the time. I know this is crazy, but I just want to just share with you some things that Susan and I did when our kids were young. Uh, number one, uh, we, we never had two of our children playing two different sports in two different places. It, it was like our girls played field hockey, so field hockey practice, if JV, they're at the same time, at the same place. And, and, and because we just realized it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And, and going in t- three different directions, you know, four different directions when there's only three of you, uh, or, or six different directions where there's only five of you, it's not sustainable. Instead of more, 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 more all the time. It's better to have only a little with peace of mind than be busy all the time. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 25 puts it this way. It's a trap to dedicate something rashly and only later to consider one's vows. It's a trap. It's a trap to make commitment to something and then realize I've overcommitted. That's a trap. Jesus put it this way in the New Testament. You have to count the cost. You, you have to think through, okay, what if I say yes to this, every yes means you're saying no to hundreds of other things. You can't say yes to everything. That's how we get overcommitted. That's how we get burnt out. That's why we, our resistance to temptation gets you know, less and less and less, and we do something really, really stupid as a result of it, and we can't hear God's voice anymore. And, and so stop the constant push for more, 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 because our culture that is saying do more, more, more doesn't care about your soul, but Jesus does. I do as your pastor. And so we really need to look at our schedules. Here's the second thing. Keep the Sabbath day holy. The, the, the Ten Commandments, number four, uh, keep the Sabbath holy. Those, those weren't, it's not like God is sitting up in heaven when he gave those. He's like, hmm, let me think of something that will really mess over people, just steal all their fun away. Oh, yeah, one day a week, don't do anything. That, that's not at all. It's for our benefit. It's for your benefit. In fact, we see it even in creation on the seventh day that God rested from his work. He didn't need to rest. He wasn't tired, but he did that as an example for you, as an example for me. That's what you and I are supposed to do as well. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Look at it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 9 through 10. It says, you have six days in which to do your work, but the seventh day is a day of rest dedicated to me and that me is capital dedicated to God we're supposed to most of us the the pace is five days of work one day we work on our own stuff that's sixth and then that seventh day is supposed to be all for God the whole day not just an hour the whole entire day is supposed to be for God dedicated to him and the whole principle behind the Sabbath is this. If, we'll follow, if we recognize God is the creator 
I'm the creation. He knows how life is supposed to work better than me because he created me. That if I will honor him every seventh day with a day of rest dedicated to him, he'll make me more productive. I'll be more fruitful. I'll be better. I'll be sharper mentally, physically, all those things. But he's not going to do it for us. It's up to you and I to make that decision. And, and again, the, the point is it's a day of rest dedicated to him. And so, you know, Sunday is not a Sabbath for me at all. Sunday is a big work day. I preach three times. You know, I'm pretty beat. But, but again, this is something that Susie and I try to, we've moved our day off in the last couple of years. It used to be Monday was a day off. That was a lot easier in the sense. But now it's Friday, Saturday, so we have two days off in a row. And, and so generally, Saturday is kind of that work day. Friday is more of our Sabbath day. But I always try to work out 24 hours, not in a legalistic sense, but 24 hours to disconnect from Valley Christian Church to have nothing, not, not to work on a sermon, not to talk about, oh, we could do this ministry, or how about this event coming up, or anything. Just 24 hours of space, get a good night's sleep, maybe even get a nap, nice, nice meal, and just get replenished, be refreshed. And I find that, that if I'll guard that as a priority, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, I'm a better friend. I'm a much, much better pastor. Just doing it the way that God said to do it. As we talked about before, you know, Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder. No one thinks that's okay anymore. You know, oh, that, that's, that's no big deal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Still a big, big problem. But before even those come in, thou shalt not steal, you know. Remember the Sabbath. Number four. God's top ten. It's a day of rest dedicated to me. Dedicated to me. God says, Proverbs chapter 27, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 10 verse 27 puts it this way. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. When, when, when I hear people say, I don't have time to read my Bible on a daily basis, I don't have time to pray, what, what they're really saying is this, they're trying to do it all on their own. If you'll put God first, it will add to your day. It doesn't subtract from it. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. You'll be more productive because you started your day in prayer and reading God's word than, than if you just push through and jump right into work. Won't be as productive. That's what God's word says. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Stop the constant push for more. Keep the Sabbath day holy. And here's the third one. Stay close to Jesus. Stay close to him. Prioritize your relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and look at what it says. There, there's all these analogies through Scripture uh, about when we really come close to God, when we come close to Christ, who was God. In, in the Old Testament, Psalm 23, look at what it says. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He's providing me everything I need. And look at what one of the first ways that you know that Jesus is your shepherd. He's the good shepherd. How do you know? He makes me lie down. That rest. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he's like, take a break, Greg. Take a break. 
last night I got a phone call from uh, a friend, and uh, it was about 8.30 or 8.45, and uh, he said, I hope I'm not calling you too late. And I said, no, it's okay. I actually just woke up from a nap. <laughs> I'd fallen asleep about 8 o'clock for about 10 minutes, just, just watching ball game, you know, and uh, it was just so refreshing, so refreshing. And, and I don't do that often. Oh, my wife will probably tell you I do it really, really often. But uh, just a little cat nap in the early evening. Like, like there's something about just being able to rest. God wants us to be able to. Jesus took naps. He was napping in the boat, you know. That story goes when the storm came up and the disciples thought they were going to die. Wake up, wake up. He was napping. You want to be like Jesus? Take a nap. Take a nap. The Lord is my shepherd. I like, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and how do we know that he really is my shepherd he restores my soul well we got to slow down for that to happen we have to slow down we've got to dial it back we've got to gear it down he restores my soul the lord is my shepherd and why would that be a surprise to us jesus put it this way in the new testament matthew chapter 11 verse 28 through 30 Jesus says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. In other words, what's a yoke? A yoke, a yoke of oxen, that has to do with the pace. He's like, instead of going at your own pace, be, be yoked with me, and I'll be the lead oxen. And you'll discover a different pace of life, a pace that's sustainable. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Stay close to Jesus. One of the things that you know, again, uh, over 95% of those that start out as pastors don't end up retiring as pastors. They end up quitting. 95% dropout rate. Absolutely shocking, staggering to think about. And, and, and I was aware of that. The statistic has changed a little bit over the years. It's gotten worse. But I was aware of that when I, when I became a pastor and trying to just keep a sustainable pace all the time. And... Uh, one of the things Susie and I realized is going back a few years ago, and it's been very difficult over the last couple of years, especially with COVID and shutdowns and things like that, but we're trying to get back into that routine again now is to just get away once a quarter, just to take some vacation time once a quarter, even if it's two days or three days, because we just found that it, it restores our soul just to have some time away. And that's why I'm so excited about, you know, this week coming up, this this few days away I had a, also a pastor's retreat in November that I went to now just just that for men but now this is pastors with their spouse as well and and it's just important to take time I believe I'm going to come back and be even better for my wife for my family and for church family here as well we find rest for our souls when we're close to Jesus and, and I love this. This is a fascinating passage uh, in the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 63, verse 14. It says, they were given rest by the Spirit of the Lord. 
Let me just read through this, and then I'll come back and unpack it. This is how you guided your people to make yourself a glorious name. In other words, when we're working at the pace that God wants us to, He gets the glory for that. He gets the glory for that. It's not about glory for me, but when we're working at his pace, you know what we find? We find we're rested. We have rest for our souls. We have longevity. It's sustainable. And God gets the glory for it. God does. You know, I, that number 32, 32 years for me, that, I, that just doesn't even sound right, to be honest with you. I, I, I think maybe 22 is what it feels like. Until I look in the mirror and I like, no, it's been 32. But, but the whole thing here is, is, notice this word spirit. In the Old Testament here, this is the Hebrew word roach. And, and, and what it literally means is it's the, the fresh air of the spirit. It's the breeze, the very breath of God. They were given rest, what? By the, spirit, by the breath of God. Now, I'm not going to steal Pastor Karen's thunder, but that's what she's going to be talking about next week as we conclude the finale of this message is how to just really breathe in that Holy Spirit, the breath of God into our lives. But, but for today, we need to catch our breath. <laughs> we, we, there's a lot that we can do to, to rest and, and allow God to just restore our souls. It's our responsibility to do that practically. So ask yourself, you know, how are you doing in these areas? And, and maybe if you're married, ask, ask your spouse, how are we doing in these different areas in terms of pace? And, and if you're not married, ask someone who knows you real well about the pace that you're keeping. And so let me, let me just end now by sharing with you the fresh air principle. Number three, slow down. Just slow down. You can slow down, and, and it'll be much more sustainable if you and I will do that and allow God to restore our soul, and we'll, we'll be made for the marathon of life, longevity, not just a, it's not a sprint, and that sustainable pace, we learned that from Jesus. Three and a half years, earthly minister, look at what he accomplished, the pace that he kept, absolutely amazing. And so right now, what I want to do is I just want to pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, Lord, for many of us, this, this probably affects about 90% of every single one of us, that, that we are just right now, the pace we're keeping, there is no way we can keep this up for another 24 months. We will be absolutely emotionally toast, physically. We're, we're wearing down our bodies, mentally just wearing down as well because of the pace that we've decided, we've chosen to keep. So God, we need your help. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would just speak to us, convict us, where we're just burning the candles at both ends, and that's just not very bright. And, and Lord, instead, we'll lean into your Holy Spirit and allow your Spirit, Lord, to guide us and, and honor every seven days a day just for you for rest and replenishing relationships and in your presence God may we take on the yoke of Jesus and learn from him his pace and Lord we would find refreshment for our souls
Thank you, Lord, for your word that is so practical to us every single day, not just on Sundays. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We 